Welcome back to another episode of the 100k Freelance Club podcast. I promise we are professional and I work in tech and we should know what we're doing. But for probably the fifth time in our live career, I pressed the go live button on the streaming software, but not on the YouTube side of things. Ridiculous that you have to press go live twice. Catches me out every, every single time. But welcome back to the 100k Freelance Club podcast. We're covering today the top skills on Upwork. So what were the most in-demand skills on Upwork in 2021? And then bonus content, we're going to go, what do we think is the top skills for 2022 and beyond? But I've already asked you this question once today, uh, but nobody was actually there, so I'll ask you again. How are you doing today, Niall? <laughs> I was fine until about five minutes ago, when you forgot to press go live. Uh, <laughs> Schoolboy error. I can't believe you blaming YouTube as well. I mean, it's a ridiculous a... system because if you if you you have to use like OBS or Streamlabs or something and you press go live and then you have to press go live again on the browser side of YouTube. Ridiculous. Just stupid system. Stupid system. But I'm good. I'm good. To answer your question, I'm a bit tired. I had a weekend where I had a, a bit less work on and um, I guess kind of the last few weeks and maybe months have just kind of caught up with me a little bit. I had a few drinks at the weekend let my hair down a little bit and yeah and um (laughs) didn't get too much sleep in over the two or three days of the weekend that i had so um feeling a bit tired this morning but was back at it today and i just think it's one of those old school freelance things of listening to your body and your brain and your your mind and your yeah your body telling you that you need a break so that would be me i think today maybe i just need a good night's kip but um yeah i'm definitely thinking about possibly taking a break at some point in the near future because um, I did feel pretty tired this morning when when I rose, but I'm, I'm all good, mate. Thanks. How are <laughs> mate, you? Do it, man. Fly out to Barcelona. Yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> I, I'm good. I had a weekend away skiing in Andorra, living that digital nomad uh, lifestyle, living life to the full. It was a very, very good weekend. And yeah, getting getting back in the swing of things, you know, joining you today at a podcast on this, uh, on this Monday. And yeah, we just wanted to talk about, or I think I messaged you earlier in the week or a couple of days ago about this new report that Upwork have just released or mm. released recently, um, which basically just shows the top skills in each category. So for those of you that don't know what Upwork is, Upwork's um, it's, it's a freelance marketplace. So it's where freelancers can go to find work and it's where employers can go to find freelancers. So somebody might go onto the site and post... Um, I need a graphic designer to design my new logo for my new coffee shop. And then, you know, everyone with the graphic design skill on Upwork would get notified and you can just apply, hey, you know, these are my skills, hire me. And so it is a massive, massive platform. Like they process hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars every year in sales, if not billions. I should be more prepared on this, but it is a massive company. It's one of the biggest freelance uh, marketplaces in the entire world. So they're data is pretty much you know it's a good overview of the freelance market well the digital freelance market like so most digital freelancers um, will use or will have used upwork at some point in their career have you ever used um upwork yeah i have um i've used upwork uh more regularly a couple of years ago really than i do now um it's a really useful tool to kind of establish yourself a little bit in terms of picking up jobs here and there. Um, I always found it was easier for smaller projects than bigger projects, but that's just my field of work. So what I've done is I've used it for voiceovers. I've recorded a few audio books, um, poetry. Uh, I've done some of that on uh, on Upwork. Um, the thing yes. is, I think that it's not often that people are looking for presenters or commentators on Upwork. It's certainly different skills that people look for that's not to say that i haven't found it useful particularly when it came to, to voiceover sort of things so um so i have used it i haven't used it particularly regularly in recent years um probably not regularly in the last 18 months but certainly something i've got experience with and have used before and uh, i definitely don't think there's any harm in being on upwork um because you know as we always say when you're a freelancer you, you kind of have to self-market 
and that is something that Upwork um, gives you, albeit a small one, a platform to do. So um, I'd, I'd definitely say that, you know, it, it, give it a give it a go. Um, if you don't give it a go, you can't lose anything. Um, you can only really gain <laughs> from being on on platforms like that, particularly at a certain level of freelancer. If you're just starting out, I'd definitely recommend looking into it. Yeah, 100%. And this is something that if you don't have an existing network, like if you're just finishing university or... You know, you're yep. not the biggest networker in the world. It's a place where you can easily outbound market, so you can reach out to people looking to hire you rather than just like trying to get people to come to you, which can be costly. And you know, it does take quite a lot of experience to do inbound marketing. And we do actually have on Thursday this week. So if you listen to the podcast today on the 24th of um, January, on the 27th of January, we have a live masterclass on inbound marketing for freelancers. So this is how to get clients to come to you and you can sign up for that for free on the 100kfreelanceclub.com website and it's just down there on the homepage which you can sign up for uh, but jumping back in to this yeah so I'll jump in I just want to cover Upwork's top 10 most in-demand tech skills now there's there's some stuff on here we, we, we get loads of questions from freelancers looking to get started and people essentially just looking to make money online they ask what should i do and what should i study or and you know what's a big opportunity in the market now and by the looks of this it just seems to be completely web development a hundred percent so i'll list out the top 10 for you now for everybody listening so it's in number one position uh in the top in-demand tech skill of 2021 was web design in second place was wordpress which is basically a subcategory of web design. It's just you know one way you can build a website. Three is web programming. Four, JavaScript, which is a programming languages. Uh, five, six, and seven were CSS, HTML, and PHP. More um, web development languages. Eight was Shopify, which is an e-commerce sort of DIY platform uh, for building e-commerce websites. And nine is API. Uh, and 10 is graphic design. So 10, kind of nine, are the only two which aren't really very web development specific. So I, I was kind of surprised not to see any iOS development, Android development, um, any new technologies uh, or recent technologies such as Flutter or Ionic, which are sort of new cross-platform programming languages. It seems to be really heavily, um, heavily web-based in... In my opinion, I don't know if this is because, like you were saying earlier, Niall, Upwork is more of a place to find smaller gigs. And web development nowadays is a hell of a lot cheaper than uh, iOS development, Android development, any of these new cross-platform programming languages like Flutter. So if you're looking for you know a cheaper um, freelancer, you'd probably, be, you'd probably be searching for this type of work on Upwork, um, I don't know what your thoughts about that are. Like, uh, how how do you feel about Upwork as a whole? Do you, do you think people go there to spend the big bucks, or do you think it's more um, to get sort of value based freelancing? First of all, can I just say this is possibly the biggest humble brag we've ever had on this podcast that you've chosen the top 10 skills of 2021 and <laughs> the number one skill is one that you do. I, just, I, just, I can't believe, I don't know if you've done that by mistake or on purpose, but fair play uh, keeping that self-promotion going right through the podcast. I love it. Uh, um, I think for me, certainly some of the fees that I see offered out on Upwork aren't as much as I think they should be. So I think that, I think, I don't want to use the term cheap labor, but that's that's what I'm going to say, because I think that does have an appeal, particularly to people that are, are trying to, um, you know, get, get freelancers at a decent rate, because we know that these websites like Upwork, and there are others in the marketplace as well, you know, freelancer.com, people per hour. Um, there's, there's other ones, you know, you know, Juno we've spoken about as well on this podcast before. They are marketplaces, yes, but marketplaces are effectively competitive areas. So, you know, it's no different to if you went to a market in your local town or city, you know, there'd be more than one fruit and veg supplier. And it's up to you to choose which fruit and veg supplier you will buy from. And a lot of people will buy from the one that's cheaper because that's how competition works in business in its most simple terms. Now, that can translate to freelancing and particularly digital 
uh, freelancing platforms like Upwork.com, where you will find that you know people are given a score, a ranking, a rating, um, reliability factor, and all of these things are, are all elements to building a profile on Upwork and becoming um, a reputable freelancer on that platform. And what you'll find is that freelancers will be employed if they have a, a better rate or a rate that's more attractive to the person who's employing them. So I do think there's an element of that and I'm glad you brought that up because I think it would be remiss of us just to sit here and gloss over the fact that there are a, a chunk of um, employers, businesses, uh, clients looking to hire out freelancers um, because it's probably going to save them a bit of money. So I think that that's something to, to bear in mind. Um, yeah, I think when, I think with um, Upwork as well is is what I find is what you see on sort of the front cover is not what you get. So, for example, freelancers always put a massive cost per hour on their profile. So you might see somebody working in WordPress development and they on their profile it says they work for $90 an hour. On the other side of the spectrum, you've got the employer, which is looking for someone to build a WordPress website, puts the bid out at $15 an hour. Yeah. And now every, and then sort of people bid on it and they meet somewhere in the middle. So you can be like really surprised when you go on Upwork and there's people like yeah. you know I want an I, I want an Android app developed at nine dollars an hour. Yeah, I mean um, let's 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 not um, miss this key important um, fact out, which is that Upwork take a slice of the money you make as commission. Yeah, that's that's both how ways, effectively yeah. that's how effectively Upwork makes its money. So you know when you see someone putting an advert out and they want someone to do it for fifteen dollars an hour. You don't at, at you know point of consumption as the end user or the freelancer. You don't get the fifteen dollars an hour. You get a percentage um, of that deducted or given to Upwork. And so actually, when you think about it like that, fifteen dollars an hour becomes twelve dollars fifty an hour becomes ten dollars an hour. Whatever the percentage is that Upwork take these days, which I'm not hundred percent sure on. Maybe we should find that out. But it I'm certainly sure it's 10%. is ten percent. 10%, right, okay, so there we go. So, you know, if someone's doing it for, for $15 an hour, you actually get $13.50. Quick maths. You know, but the, yeah, it's about <laughs> the best best maths I can, I can do, to be honest. Um, but obviously, the bigger those numbers get, the bigger the, um, the, bigger the, the chunk of money you, you will be handing over. Um, and I understand that's how the platform works, and they've been massively successful doing that. But I think we should definitely point that out because um, some of those numbers and figures that you mentioned will be enough to put people off using it, that's for sure. Yeah, 100%. It, it, it's just about the cost of marketing, though, because if you, the thing with Upwork is once you've, I think it's really, really hard to get started on these freelance marketplaces because yeah. you, it's like you get a rating system, right? It's like you wouldn't go on Amazon and buy you know, an expensive item with no reviews. It's never been sold before by the supplier. You'd be like, no way. Yeah. It's the same when you go on Upwork, like somebody posts to say, okay, I need... Let's have a look at number fourth in the list here, a JavaScript developer. Well, they're going to post that out and maybe 50 freelancers are going to bid to you know, get that job. And everyone's going to have reviews, like five-star reviews, 90% job completion, all this, that, and the other. And if you've got zero jobs completed, zero money earned, and zero reviews, you've got to do something pretty spectacular to actually land that job. Um, so it, it, it is a really difficult place to get started and it does scare people like away from that but again what the, the point i was actually trying to make originally is the cost of acquisition for the client so like upwork takes 10 percent. so if you work on a job and you get paid one thousand dollars for it let's just say a week's work you get paid a thousand dollars upwork takes a hundred dollars of that well if you weren't using upwork how long would it take you to get a client like that you know maybe you'd have to run facebook advertisement or google advertisement or you'd have to go network in for example and like you know if your hourly rate is say 50 dollars an hour and it takes you 10 hours um in one week to go to networking events go to you know go to meet potential clients and talk to them that's cost you 500 dollars you know so it's like you have to kind of compare like which is going to work out better for you because on upwork the good thing about Upwork for me is the time to hire. I don't think there's there's not massive projects on Upwork where you're going to earn, you know, 250,000 in one year or 50 grand from one project or whatever. But you can go on there, job for logo design, job for this, job for that, audio cover, voiceover for this, whatever it may be. You can apply for it and 45 minutes later you could be hired 
like the the time to actually employ is rapid so it doesn't and you know to submit an application might take you 20 minutes so you know you could submit you know 20 in one day um so in terms of like the time it costs you the money it costs you um i think it's a quite a cheap method of client acquisition including you know that that fee that they do take off of the edge there the only problem is is getting started in in the jungle that is freelance marketplaces how did you land your first freelance gig on upwork um i think what it was was uh, i have something slightly unique on upwork because of my skill set which is the fact that i've got a, a background rooted in broadcasting in radio in sport um, and so, you know, it's not often you get that sort of profile pop up. I think um, the profile looking professional as well, I think that helps. I think if you have a professional looking profile, um, they're more likely to um, to take a chance on you. And I think actually the person that hired me for my first Upwork gig was someone who was using Upwork for only the, the third or fourth time. So they were in a similar position to me as someone who was hiring that they were prepared to to take a chance on someone like me who had just kind of started up a profile purely because they were in a similar boat not three or four or five weeks ago when they were looking for people to do a specific job. So I think that that certainly has a part to play in it. So that, that would be kind of my, from what I remember, my experience of, of, of using Upwork. It was actually um, uh, voiceover, uh, a voiceover piece I did for uh, an audiobook. So that was kind of how it how it began, um, particularly when it comes to detailing what um, what skills I had. So the fact I'm I'm a British guy and the person was looking for a British voiceover. Um, I was in contact constant liaison with the client um, in terms of the um, what's the word um, operating system and software. The software effectively what I'm trying to say is what I have on my machine is industry standard. So I use Adobe Creative Cloud. So I've got Adobe Audition, which is industry standard in in our industry for recording and editing um, audio. So that was always a big plus. The quality was good. I have access to top class recording facilities. I have a home setup which I can use as well. This room's a little bit echoey, but at the time I was in somewhere which is um, far more soundproofed. So when it comes to what I was looking for, which was voiceover work, um, when I wasn't sort of as busy freelancing as I am now, it was it was a great tool to have. Mind you, I found it um, slightly difficult to get to grips with in terms of uh, the amount of time needed um, in terms of investing in it. Um, whether that's because um, of the nature of the work I was doing voiceovers, maybe that's sort of not conducive to Upwork as much as web development or web design might be, as you've already touched upon. But I liked what you say about, um, you know, kind of boiling it down to basics. So I guess you could kind of consider Upwork as like, uh, fast food you know it's quick it's easy you know you can go from 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 front to back in in 20 minutes you can go from applying to um to getting the job in 20 minutes but as much as everyone enjoys fast food it isn't always good for you yeah um and that that's how i felt personally and obviously th these are all opinions we share on this podcast so you know fast food for me is something that i don't eat on a regular basis um, if you ate fast food every day for the rest of your life, you'd soon know about it. And it would have an effect on your health. There's no doubt you'd about that. You'd have a that. short life, yeah. <laughs> you'd have a pretty short life and quite a few trips to the doctor. So I think that's kind of one of those things where you have to have to bear it in mind. That was kind of my takeaway. And that's what I was thinking when you, no pun intended. And that's what I was thinking when you were talking about it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was kind of my experience on Upwork, getting a, getting a gig for the first time. I haven't used it as regularly as a lot of people listening to this will have done, but it's something that I'm glad I did do. And there's no question that if I did get into a position where I was looking for work in a certain field and I felt that I could use Upwork effectively and proactively to get me some gigs, then I'd, I'd definitely dip back into it again. There's no question. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was a completely different experience. Like, I had just I mean, I, I was using freelance platforms a long time ago, like seven, eight, nine, maybe even 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, in I was getting some really good, sort of in my early days of freelancing, some really good rates, but the competition was way lower back then. And then about five years ago, I think it was, I jumped in to start using Upwork and that again, just to test what it was like. 
like we were trialing, um, I think at the time you could add like an agency to Upwork as well. And I was building um, Ivana Designs and it was like a client method, like a client acquisition method. And what mm. I found was I'd pick up really small gigs. Like it's something like we need a one page landing page for 500 pounds, like a really small web project, which would take like half a day or a day or something like that. Mm. And I'd take on that project and do it. And then what would happen was, I because we'd produced essentially such good, or I'd produced such a good result, and I knew what I was talking about, and I knew how I wanted to progress the deal. I was just using Upwork to basically get my foot in the door with the client. And then once I had my foot in the door, I just built deal after deal after deal after deal. So I might get a client in for $500 and they pay me $500 through Upwork for a small thing. But now I've been working with them. I can analyze their business, okay? I can analyze all the aspects of their website, their marketing, what's wrong, what they need to be doing. Deliver them reports and be like, yo, hey, I can do this for you. But I didn't end up continuing through Upwork. They We, we just continued outside of Upwork. So I might get a $500 client or $500 gig through Upwork that ended up being 20 grand's worth of work over the course of a year because I made sure to progress that client. So even though Upwork isn't offering or wasn't offering at that time or I wasn't able to get with the profile that I had, like the big you know, $100 an hour development gigs that you know everybody wants to be going for, mm. I took the smaller ones and put it on myself to make it a big deal. And you could, yeah. if you want, make it a big deal inside of Upwork and you know, get them to keep paying you for Upwork and then your Upwork profile is gonna grow. But that, that, sure. that's my story of how I progressed there. It's, it's basically a microcosm of freelancing as a whole. You know, No one is gonna give a $100,000 contract to a, a freelancer who's just started out. It's just not yeah. gonna happen. You know, the only way that will happen is if, you know, you have a serious contact or it's a little bit jobs for the boys, which sometimes it can be in the world of business. Um, I'm, you know, I don't want to get too political on this podcast, but our government in the UK seems to take that quite literally when it comes to <laughs> jobs for the boys, when it comes to handing out contracts and stuff like that. That's another matter. Um, but I guess it's the same thing with Upwork, isn't it? It's you're not going to go on to Upwork as a brand new freelancer with kind of a, a pretty um sort of level footing when it comes to to starting your profile and then all of a sudden microsoft are going to come knocking on your door and say we want this person to do this i mean it's just not going to happen and that's not me being um uh unoptimistic or pessimistic it's me being real and honest yeah. and giving my opinion and my opinion is it's just not going to happen let's be realistic here yeah so i mean i guess it's it's similar to all other types of freelancing is if you're a graphic designer, you know, Coca-Cola aren't going to come to you for your for their next logo or, you know, McDonald's aren't going to come to you to graphic design their next, you know, their next uh, billboard ad if you're a brand new freelancer on Upwork. It's just not going to happen. But what you might do is get what, like you said, 10 years ago or what I did when I started with my voiceover stuff. You're going to get the smaller clients that come to you and then you build your profile like that. And that's always kind of how it works in, in freelancing. You always kind of start small. And, and build bigger and bigger and bigger. Now, not everyone is like that, but I'd say a large proportion of people will start in that manner and then you'll see that snowball effect. So Yeah, I, yeah, think, I, think, I think most think people start, as you say, like they start with the really small clients and grow upwards. I think what actually separates people becoming super successful freelancers and people just floating around making like, you know, 18 to 25K a year freelancing for the rest of their lives is that, they don't progress. They don't let go of the smaller clients and move on to the bigger ones. They constantly yeah. get bogged down by these small clients. Well, feel like they owe them something. It's a great point, that is. I think it's a really great point you make because there is going to be a, a place and a moment in your freelancing career where you are going to have to drop a client. And I don't like the word drop a client, but let, let a client go or... You know, there must be a nicer way of putting it, but you know what I'm saying. You need to kind of <laughs> fire the client. Them... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get rid, completely ditch <laughs> yeah. the client. Bit but, them um, off. Yeah, sack them off. Yeah, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying. There's, there's going to be moments where you, you, let's face it, right? If a client is offering you fifty dollars for a job, and then another client is offering you two hundred and fifty dollars for a job, you're going to take the job that's two hundred and fifty dollars, aren't you? If yeah. you weigh all the pros and cons up, and the pros completely outweigh the cons you're gonna take 
the higher paid offer, aren't you? 100%. Now, some some freelancers are in a position where they can negotiate and they can kind of play two companies off of each other and say, well, this company is paying me this. I'd rather stay with you if you match their offer. You know, some people might do that. And that is absolutely fine. You can haggle in freelancing. You are your own business person. You are your own business and you set your own rates. That is totally OK. And that is something that a lot of people listening to this will do or will have done. But also, when you're quite new to and fresh to freelancing and you're starting out, there are going to be moments where you're going to have to make a decision to drop a client because you're too busy or you're busy working on other projects that are maybe more valuable to you, both in terms of uh, opportunities and in terms of um, the remuneration at the end of it. So I think these are all things that you need to take in, into consideration. And it's not a nice thing to do. It's a horrible thing to do, letting a client go. And it yeah. gets easier over time. I must be honest, I've found that it gets slightly easier over time. But it's not a nice thing to do because especially when you're at the start of your freelance career and you have someone that's taken a chance on you. And they've given and, you the leg up. <laughs> yep. And then you have to turn around after months, years, whatever it might be, and say, I've really loved working with you, but I need to move on because I want to do this or I I'm going to move on. Um, that's not a nice thing to do. It's 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 a hard thing to do because, like you say, there's that sense of loyalty there. You feel like you owe them something because they've given you a chance. And then you almost feel like you're flying in their face by turning around and saying, sorry, I don't want to do this anymore. But that is just business. And that is something that every freelancer will come across at some point on their journey. And in terms of freelancers that you know strive to be successful, like you say, they are going to get to a, a roadblock or a crossroads in their career where they go, right, OK, which direction am I going to take? And um, it's not an easy thing to do, but it's something that everyone will experience. And until you get to that position, only you can really figure out how you'll deal with it. Um, so I, I think it's a really great point that you make. It really is. Yeah. And, and I think for like the freelancers listening, like everybody involved in the 100K Freelancer Club, like looking to develop themselves as a freelancer, like you're already taking the first steps and I know that you will be a successful freelancer because you're putting the time and effort into research and improve and adapt. So I have no doubt in my mind that, you know, you're going to progress into a high paid freelancer, but that road, that main roadblock for you is going to be what we just talked about there. And so swinging back to like the Upwork report, the second um, or, or the next in the, in the list is customer service skills and a lot of people come to us and they ask um and this surprised me when, when we first started you know like the instagram page and the podcast and we started taking questions from freelancers out there there's a lot of people that ask us how do i get started um freelancing online i don't even have a laptop and they're just working from a phone or whatever device it may be and um, i think this is where a lot of this comes from is the, the the customer service side of things because you can offer here i i just run you through this list right now you've got customer service customer support email communication phone support email support communication etiquette online chat support answering product questions data entry and administrative support and i think if you're a freelancer or like you want to start making money online and you're in the position where you just you know you haven't trained in any specific skill you haven't got anything that like interests you. You can literally jump on Upwork and put in the skill, which is number eight on this list. So it's obviously high up answering product questions. And you could literally run that from your phone. Like it's something that you could get started with instantly. Now this is something I do not, anything in these customer, well, this is my, I don't want to offend anybody here, but anything in the customer service list on Upwork, okay, it's popular, and it's a very good way to get started, but I really do not advise that you put your like all of your eggs into this basket and try and progress this yeah. as a career because I think Absolutely. the the, the, yeah. the wage it's not a like career, ceiling it? on it's that is just nothing. Like it's you, it, I don't want to speak out of turn here, and like you said, I don't want to offend anyone, but I'll always be transparent on this show. I've always said that from day one, and the whole point is that not everyone is going to take this advice and agree with what we say. That's the whole point. That's that's kind of how debate works. It's not a career for me. It's a great little side hustle, I think. You know, if you're looking for some extra cash and you've got a bit of time to spare and maybe you want to go down the route of answering customer service uh, related queries or, you know, product questions and all of those things that you just mentioned. Great little way to earn a few extra quid on the side. Um, I guess that technically is kind of freelancing, but in terms of a career, could you make a career out of doing that? I'm not sure you could. And even if you did, 
you know, you're thinking about freelancing. The reason that we are freelancers is because we have the opportunity to work our own hours and do all these things that we've mentioned a number of times on the podcast and, you know, something we've mentioned on the 100K Freelancer Club loads of times, which is, you know, a case of being your own boss and doing what you want to do for a living. That's kind of why a lot of people are freelancers. That's what motivates them. Does answering customer service questions on your phone motivate you? If the answer is yes, then I'll humbly apologise to you. But in terms of making that into a, <laughs> but, a sustainable career, I'm not so sure that. that I think the biggest thing on that is that the biggest thing, you know, freelancer in the freedom. The freedom comes from the money you earn. Like, you know, some freelancers work six hours a week and they live the rest of their life on a beach in Miami. But that's because they can earn enough money in that six hours to pay for the rest of the week. Like, <laughs> I don't think with you know, email support and product questions like we were saying then, it's gonna enable you to live that like amazing lifestyle that, you know, we ourselves kind of advertise as well. Um, so I would think those are, for the people that always ask us, you know, how do I get started with absolutely nothing? That's a good place to start, but never like aim to progress down that as a, as a career path. And then the next one is one under my um, skill set as well. It's the top 10 most in demand marketing skills. So these are wildly popular online services at the moment. So every business, well, pretty much every business is looking for these services. So there's thousands of posts per day looking for people in. Now, number one, social media marketing. Two, lead generation. Three, Facebook. Four, search engine optimization. Five, business to business marketing. Six, Instagram. Seven, marketing strategy. Eight, social media management. Nine, email marketing. And 10, market research. Now, these are all skills that you will, if you did like a marketing degree or any form of like marketing course or just throughout school, like you'll have something, you know, you'll have a basic skill level on this. Like yourself now, like you're not a social media marketing expert, but with your experience on Twitter in marketing yourself and what you've been exposed to, I'm pretty sure if you went on Upwork right now and applied for some social media marketing roles and just put the experiences that you have with Twitter, you could start landing yourself very small freelance gigs and work yourself up from there. And that's what I'd recommend to some people trying to get started is, you know, it doesn't have to be, the work on your portfolio doesn't have to be commercial work. It doesn't have to be for, you know, paying clients. It could be anything. So yep. like you said, like you've got a personal Twitter account that you've raised to, you know, a couple thousand followers, you get really good interaction, which is exactly what brands want, you know, like you've got that already what brands are searching for. So if you can advertise that correctly, you can go ahead and start mm. progressing like in that field. This is a, this is, you know, the number one skill in marketing in Upwork. So essentially, it's probably the number one freelancing skill in the world right now. Yeah, it's a great point. Social media is huge. It will continue to be huge, especially the last three or four years. It's just grown exponentially to the point where I'm seeing so many jobs now pop up for social media marketing manager, just a general social media manager. Um, you know, some of the organizations that are my clients um, have got dedicated sort of employees for specific social media brands rather than an umbrella role. Um, so, you know, there's dedicated TikTok producers and things like that um even some of the bigger organizations that i deal with have got tiktok producers for certain countries so you know <laughs> this is how niche we're getting with social media because there are different audiences and targets that these companies are trying to strike so i definitely think that that is something um that that you raise that's a great point and even for me, I feel sometimes the trends are moving too quick for me to keep up with. And I've tried to make a point this year of taking more photos and documenting my work a little bit more than I have been doing to try and build my profile a little bit more. Um, a few years ago, I would say that I was in a pretty healthy and strong place when it comes to, to Twitter in particular. Maybe I've taken my eye off the ball a little bit when it comes to that, but that kind of comes as, an, as a product, a byproduct of being... Um, quite busy so keeping on top of your social media accounts and, and marketing yourself like that is a great point and the fact that um, you don't have to have experience commercially like you say to do that I think is, is an excellent point because we've always said um, when it comes to kind of marketing yourself as a freelancer we've said this use this example numerous times and we'll continue to do so because I think it's personally the best one it's 
if you've got a portfolio or a website, which a lot of you will do, and uh, on the 100K Freelancer Club website, you can um, you can find out our sort of recommended websites for that. We've also got a post on our Instagram page, I believe, as well, which highlights our recommended um, platforms for kind of self-marketing and portfolios and things like that. I personally use Adobe Portfolio because it's part of the Creative Cloud, so that's what works best for me. But I think it's important that if you don't have a, a great deal of experience, you can always um create ideas in your head and upload them to a portfolio so for instance if you're a, a freelance graphic designer you don't need to have a testimony or you know anything from a from a client that you've worked for to post on your website because if you've only worked for one or two clients and you think well my website's not going to be any good because it's only got two things on there you don't have to have everything from a client you can put projects that you've worked on yourself things that you've thought up things that you've imagined you know say you wanted to graphic design um you know an, an advert or the, a cartoon character or something like that if, if that's your kind of bag you, you can do whatever you want you know like you say you can market yourself and the more skills you can show off the better chance you have of being hired and so you know when it comes to to this sort of thing i think particularly with social media it's a great tool to use and to have um to be able to kind of show people exactly what you can do so it comes as no surprise to me that social media is on that list i think that we might even see it it's pretty high up at the moment we might even see it um sort of overtake at some point in the next five years we might even see some sort of social marketing roles on upwork overtake um the web development side of things um maybe you disagree because your background is in web development but i think from the trends that we've seen and the way new platforms are emerging i mean before tiktok it was vine and any old codgers like me and you will remember <laughs> vine from about 10 years ago Man, i love that but site it was so good but it closed down didn't it vine yeah. closed down i mean we've seen so many social media sites come and go jb we've seen bebo that crashed and burned we've seen myspace <laughs> that was the og that crashed and burned facebook's still ticking along but it seems to be more older people using that now and younger people tend to use things like snapchat instagram and tiktok and so tiktok for me i think that's only about three or four years old and it's an absolutely huge social media site now so i think you can just kind of take that um as a, as a small snippet of what the future may hold for social media so like i say web development as we've already discussed on the podcast is top at the moment but i think that we could see in the future months and years social media roles really taking an upward trajectory and an upward trend so definitely yeah. feel like people shouldn't it... be scared of 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 being able to show what they can do on social media because it's a great skill to have yeah i think it also comes down to like the barrier to entry so for example, you know, to get a role in social media marketing, it's not unheard of that companies employ like, you know, 15 year olds to manage their Absolutely. Instagram because they're Absolutely. like really connected to it. Like they're I on bet, the ball. Exactly. I bet if you go to a load of small companies around England, like they're hiring like their nephew, their niece, something like that, because, you know, that like you just said there, they're on the ball. They know the trends. They can keep the company connected with mm -hmm. the market. Um, but in terms of like, how it progresses on Upwork is it's kind of with web development there's a barrier to entry like you couldn't just jump into web development it would actually take you quite a decent amount of time to actually you know get a decent understanding of programming you know get an expertise in a programming language or you know become a front-end developer back-end developer full-stack mm. developer whatever like it's not like social media marketing where it's just something you know I see six-year-olds with an iphone nowadays that probably have instagram and all this sort of stuff so that it's just ingrained into them so they can just you know they could get open a profile whenever they're old enough to do so on upwork and just start going for it whereas with the web well, development uh, and the text things you kind of have to learn it great example great point totally agree with that it's um it's much easier to log on to social media websites and i think there are flaws in this because we see far too much anonymous abuse and the ability for people to be quite despicable online behind the veil of anonymity which really winds me up no end um when you see people sending horrible messages that have no place you know, on any public forum and yet they can get away with it because you know they've got a burner account and you know there's no accountability <laughs> held to, yeah, account, yeah. <laughs> there's no accountability held to any of the accounts you know there's people that don't need to show id or anything to to up to 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 set up an account and they can use it to be quite malicious so I think there are flaws to it. But like you say, all social media sites near enough are free to use. 
they're pretty much simple to use and they're easy to understand and it's something that like is the key word is social everyone's using it and everyone knows of it not everyone is a web developer and it yeah. takes time and it takes um a lot of effort to learn mind you that being said to be to be good at social media is interesting because i think it comes down to um uh, understanding algorithms and things like that that's kind of a, well, a slightly this is technical a conversation side of thing i have with a lot of freelancers is that <laughs> you know this obviously number one skill right now in the marketing on upwork social media marketing so there's just it's just created a massive demand for um for social media marketing so there's so many people on upwork and so many people around the world so many freelancers that freelance in social media marketing so because there's so many people there's also so many people that suck like anybody can do it like to log <laughs> to log into an instagram account and send a post you know to create an account on canva for free instagram account for free make a post send it like companies are clueless and they think, oh, I just need to be on Instagram. Let's just get someone to do it, pay them a few quid yeah. an hour and they just do it. And and what happens is, is this kind of like, where's the whole supply and demand where there's just massive supply of these social media managers. Obviously there's a lot of jobs as well, but because there's so much supply, the hourly rate is just rock bottom. Like I bet if the average is probably like $12 an hour or less on Upwork for social media management. Mm. But... On the well, let's not other... throw things around. We we don't know for certain. Yeah, no, we, we don't. Can, that, we that, that is just a, a, a random. Yeah, maybe it's more than that. But I, I think it's, it's low compared to other um, other top things. So, for example, like JavaScript developer sure. top in the tech, the average on that is probably way higher than social media manager. Sure. But what, what, what I'm trying skill. to get it's at is exactly what you said. It's more of a skill to do that. Exactly. But yeah. but what I've found is that because there's so many people that you know, not to be offensive, that suck at social media management, but do it because there's so many like jobs and availability for it. And businesses are kind of clueless to what's good and what's mm. not. That if you can stand out and become very good at your job, very specialized at social yeah. media marketing, and you are, you get results and you have fantastic results on your portfolio, because there's so much trash, if you stand out, you can charge wild amounts of money. Like 100%. I know, I know social media managers that are charging like five hundred dollars an hour just for consultation, because these companies know that you know that they are gonna get the job done. They're guaranteeing but, by paying that rate to that person that they are the best. And I, 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 I completely concur with what you're saying, but I think a lot of it is being on trend now, being. Um, a broadcaster like myself you kind of learn the skills and you get better and you adapt as you go along um with social media if you don't keep your finger on the pulse like what i was saying earlier on about my own twitter account i kind of feel like i've taken the eye off the ball there a little bit you get left behind people yeah. will unfollow you and you will get left behind and what your your techniques and your plans of how to gain followers and gain traction and interactions all of those things that used to work for you even six months ago might not work for you now I mean, it's ruthless and, and relentless it's very ruthless and you know even things like we talk about the age side of things young people as in very young people sometimes under the age of 18 being hired to do these jobs um for me i'm not on tiktok because i, I firstly i don't want to be um <laughs> and secondly um well you're not it's just you're not it's miming just not, songs I don't, I don't think it's quite targeted at me i don't feel compelled to be on it and I guess that's the point. The point is TikTok is not aimed for people in their mid to late twenties. It's not what it's it's not what it's aimed for. Um, in my opinion. But there are loads of people that I know, friends, um, that are all on TikTok and I get sent TikToks all the time in many different WhatsApp group chats by people that are far older than me. So I think it's important to uh, to underline the fact that, you know, the game, the keyword is social and it's so easy to be left behind. Now, I'm starting to think now, the longer I'm not on TikTok, what am I missing out on? Because everyone's talking about all of these different things that's going on. And then that's when people feel compelled to jump online and do it. Whereas at the moment, even though you've said that web design is top of the list of Upwork skills for this year or for last year, 2021, it's not making me want to sit down and take a quick course in how to be a web developer and how to learn JavaScript. Yeah. So I think I think that's the key the key thing to distinguish there. So you're absolutely right. Um to be ve to be very good. I mean, it's like it's like anything at, at an elite level. 
I mean, I get, I always use football on this podcast. And I need to stop really, but it's just all I know really when it comes to freelancing is to be a professional sports skills. person, let's just say, you need to be exceptionally good and yeah. a little bit lucky at what you do. And then your reward is you get paid the big money. Um, it would be similar to social media. Now, to be a footballer, it's the most popular sport, team sport in the world, football. And so therefore to be good at that, you know, you need to be better than me, than you, than, than, than so many other people. You need to be better at the game than them. Um, and social media is an extremely competitive environment in that respect. So to be good at social media is probably why these people you're talking about that, you know, are charging $500 an hour as a consultancy fee, you know, let alone the other fees that they, they might charge for other stuff. So I think that the reason that that is the case is because it's harder to do that. And that's not to say being a social media guru is harder than being a web designer or a web developer because i don't think that's true and i think that's a different conversation it's like saying is a heart surgeon more skilled than a footballer well <laughs> at heart surgery yes they are that's a big debate at, <laughs> at, at heart surgery yes they are at football no they're not yeah. so you know everyone's everyone's good at what their skill is and, and I, I, you know i'm not really 100 percent sure of the point i'm trying to make here but i suppose you kind of get where i'm coming from that to be good at a skill that's that popular because everyone's got social media, but to be good at it is is a is a tough thing to do. So I think that's worth bearing in mind before, as you say, before you just jump on and log on to Upwork and set up a profile and expect to get paid a load of money to send a few tweets out because it's probably not quite as simple as that. Yeah, exactly. And I think if you are expecting to do that, like jump on, send a few tweets out, you know, get a bit of cash in the bank, a bit of beef goulash, then you should be excited. <laughs> <laughs> I said that, that but, from? <laughs> but you just um <laughs> I gotta kill myself there um you should just be expecting like you know what you put in is what you get out so if you're just gonna be you know uh, hold on <laughs> if you're just, just gonna be joshing to around yeah I need to calm down <laughs> it <laughs> it's a sugar high if you're just gonna be joshing around <laughs> and sending a few tweets out you're gonna be getting like a wage that represents that like $10 an hour, for example. But if you're going to be there sat down analyzing, putting, you know, hundreds of hours of work into why you're making these tweets, what's on trend, what's the, you know, the analytics, what's the purpose behind this, the call to action, everything. And you're going to fly past the rest of the competition. You're going to be doing, you know, amazing things. But like you said there, like you, you don't want to be just doing, you know, that and I think I'll just transition now into closing off um, the podcast into one final conversation it's just that what what do you think you know we've, we've covered in today's podcast the top skills of 2021 so these are what Upwork have published to say that were the most in-demand skills last year mm -hmm. we just transitioned into a new year now and you know what do we see for the future but what do you think is going to be the top skills for 2022 and beyond um i have far less experience in this than you do um and i'll be honest i'm still trying to understand it um i think cryptocurrency and crypto in general i think that will be the next big thing um obviously we know about bitcoin um ethereum and other um kind of uh, uh, cryptocurrencies are starting to take off we've seen nfts which um non-fungible tokens which i still think is a terrible name by the way non-fungible token. <laughs> i mean fungible sounds like mushroom sounds <laughs> yeah. like fungi doesn't it fungus it does. um but yeah nfts i'm sure most people listening are aware of nfts but if you're not non-fungible tokens they're almost like digital collectors items aren't they really and they're stored on a blockchain which is a secure kind of database online uh, just just to kind of um summarize very very quickly what they are um yeah i'm not I'm gonna sure dive I'm into this we'll be talking no, for I'm the sure. next six years i'm sure i've missed a few key po points out but um, you know nft non-fungible token was the oxford dictionaries the oxford english dictionaries 2021 word of the year i'm right in thinking i think i'm pretty sure it was so that just goes to show kind of where it stands in terms of um in terms of its relevance at the moment um i had actually had a debate with a couple of people this morning um in one of the offices i was in this morning um about nfts and their value and where they ha where their place is in society at the moment a daily so, debate right now it seems to be a daily debate right now and whether you think that they're a good idea or a bad idea there's no doubt people are talking about them and as we've seen many many times in business 
good ideas come and go, bad ideas come and go all the time. You see the the next best thing, you know, and all of a sudden it, it's gone down the drain uh, a few months later. So I think that's an important thing to bear in mind. I'm not going to say that's going to happen with NFTs, but I think especially with cryptocurrency, we've seen Bitcoin kind of be the, the, the chief cryptocurrency, so many different cryptocurrencies popping up at the moment. I don't know a great deal about them, but much like what we've mentioned about how um, people are looking for um, WordPress um, experts and web development experts and JavaScript experts and all of these things and people that are good with, with APIs and all of this sort of stuff. I think that we will see in the next, I mean, I'm not sure whether that will be a top skill in 2022, but maybe by 23, 24, 24, 25, we might see a real demand for people who um, are experts in cryptocurrency, not in terms of trading and trying to make money off them that way, but certainly in, in how they work as a digital the asset development side building companies around it precisely yeah i mean even e-commerce as you've mentioned is on the list now the majority of online shops won't accept cryptocurrency at the moment i mean no. i'm right in thinking that am i right in thinking that yeah i don't know any yeah. stores that accept yeah. crypto you know i couldn't go on to, i couldn't go, i couldn't i couldn't go on to I don't know, let's just say, could I go onto Amazon and use Bitcoin, for example? Maybe that's no. a bad example because they're a huge company. Maybe they do. But, you know, for instance, my small local independent brewery and I want to buy a six pack of beer or a 12 pack of beer uh, from them from them, and get it delivered to my front door. Could I pay for that in Ethereum? No, I couldn't. So maybe actually e-commerce and cryptocurrency um, around that, that might be the way to go. We are edging closer and closer towards a cashless society. Personally, um I think that that is what I've noticed. I use Apple Pay a lot. Um, I very rarely use cash nowadays. Um, and most places now, even places that used to be cash only, are now very much accepting car payments. I think a lot of that is to do with coronavirus and the pandemic that we've been in um, to do with health and safety and hygiene and stuff like that. But yeah. that would be my prediction, my plump, just kind of from what I've managed to pick up on um in the digital world in particular i think that cryptocurrency and nfts and those sorts of things i think skill sets that revolve around those things i think they will be the in-demand skills for the next maybe three to four years yeah and i think what you're picking up on there as well is something that i believe in as well is that the next in-demand skills is sort of if you've heard the term thrown around web 3.0 so anything to do with web 3.0 the metaverse yeah. like this sort of next stage and, and i wouldn't want anybody to dive you know unless you do strongly believe that that is up next dive too deeply and put their you know all their eggs into one basket but just being aware of how this can shape the job market in the future for example you know what type of clients might pop up how can i amend my services how can i pivot my freelance services to accommodate for more blockchain clients to accommodate for people searching for more nft based work in i think those are the sort of skills that you can start to develop now and as the market develops you develop with them it's not like if you're you know what we we're talking about earlier you've just entered the freelance market you're in you know customer service or you know um basic graphic design or something like that you can be working on that mm. and your you know end game career could be a blockchain developer is yeah and you've got the time right now while the market is still developing to develop with it because there aren't absolute experts yet. I mean, there's the people that created Bitcoin and Ethereum and stuff like that, but because the market is so new, nobody's got eight years worth of experience in Ethereum, you know, because people have only really been using it for a year or two. So you, you've mm -hmm. got a really good chance of standing out and getting started and standing out in the future in these emerging markets. So I'm just going to jump on over to what Upwork thought that the, um, the up-and-coming skills are so they've got as number one is cloud computing which obviously i would say you know I, I strongly agree that cloud computing is going to be there it's not one of these things like nft where it could explode or it could drop off a cliff it is fully integrated into everyone's life and it is a service that will not go away is cloud computing so if you can yeah. learn skills around cloud computing that would be awesome the second they've got in there is blockchain um which we just covered then the third yeah. is ai which again of course um, there's yeah. a lot of stuff moving towards that um at the moment i think you know in terms of um being an actual developer in ai you've probably got mm -hmm. to be an extremely smart dude um and you know you're gonna have to dedicate a hell of a lot of time to that 
um, which, you know, hats off to you if you can do that. But yeah, go into that. It's probably a very, very, very highly paid field as well. Um, but just just thinking about how AI can be applied to other jobs as well, like, you know, how is it going to affect e-commerce? How is it going to affect social media marketing? Like, well, how can we're you... already seeing that, I think. Um, you know, people think of AI as, as kind of androids and robot human beings walking around and doing picking can of beans off the shelf. I mean, that's not <laughs> the AI that, that I think the, these things are referring to. I think Alexa... That's AI. Sorry if I've set off everyone who's listening to this podcast, Alexis, <laughs> by saying that. Um, but yeah, the, the, you know, Alexa, Siri, um, Bixby, um, you know, Hey Google or whatever it is on Google. You know, all of these things are artificial intelligence. Um, voice controlled artificial intelligence is something I've got a little bit of experience in. Um, nowadays on your Sky remote, if you've got Sky TV here in the UK, you can um, press the side and voice control is in that. That's all artificial intelligence. All of these things um, are, are AI. And, and you know, they're, they're just small things I picked up on, like the smart speaker element. I'm sure there's loads of different basic day-to-day -day elements that I'm, I'm completely missing out um, in this. But yeah, it's a big part of our day-to-day -day life already. And that's only going to increase, you know, whether that's people becoming a little bit too lazy, you know, like Alexa, dim the lights or whatever. <laughs> um that's yeah. it, it's just it's just convenience and it's it's ease of access and um you know just joking aside about the whole lazy thing it's it's something that's going to play a big part i think in our lives in the very near future ai so yeah i can definitely see why that's on the list yeah true i'm gonna i mean i'm gonna disagree with you there and say that those things that you mentioned there are not ai it's the internet of things that you're talking about there um but i don't want to get into this debate right now because we'll be talking the internet talking. of things <laughs> yeah so What's the that? the internet of things is basically where the internet is integrated into your everyday life objects so for example yeah. your speaker so your lights you can tell the lights to dim um so is anything that like any object that has been like infused with the internet for usability or for you know design purposes ai is more um it's and i don't think that there is any true ai at the moment but artificial intelligence is essentially like a sentient computer or a computer capable of making decisions so yeah i mean it, I, I, okay another example would be something that i've i've got a little bit of experience with is now you see um billboards that have facial recognition bus stops that have facial recognition and so they can see what sort of person is looking at the advert um or they can see what sort of person is, is looking at the billboard they scan their face and they'll figure out that it's someone who's over the age of 50 and, you know, they might show them, you know, an advert for erectile dysfunction pills or something <laughs> like that. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, then they might show, yeah, an advert for someone who's under the age of 20 who is waiting at the bus stop. They might show them an advert for KFC or a fast food chain or something. Is that artificial in artificial intelligence as well? Well, it depends how the robot came to that decision. Like it depends. By looking at the person's face. By scanning the person's face and figuring out what their features are, they can figure out whether they're male or female, what sort of age they are, roughly, and then they can show them an advert tailored to. Then yeah, to I, I, I would say yes because it's going to make the it's the decision of what advert to show them is going to be based off of data that that robot has collected and decided which advert to put out. So, I would say yes. I don't know what all the more tech savvy people than me. Um, would say to that. I can't believe yeah. we're arguing about AI. It's definitely <laughs> time to finish this podcast now. Right. Tell you, I know nothing about AI. Yeah, we're going, uh, we're going on to a bit of a tangent here. So I, I will say, in the 100k freelance club course, we do talk about the thing that we know, and that's freelancing. Okay, so definitely head over to AI. definitely not AI. I can promise you there's no AI in there. So head over to 100kfreelancerclub.com. You can actually now get seven days free access to our pro membership. So you can access all of our past masterclasses, our online courses, both video and audio. So there's everything you need from amazing freelancers from around the world to become a successful freelancer. So www.100kfreelancerclub.com. Um, and thanks, thanks again for listening. And it would really help us out if you could subscribe to the YouTube channel if you're watching this on YouTube or subscribe on Spotify. 
Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to this podcast. You can also drop us a review over on Apple Podcasts um, as well, which we would which we'd really appreciate. But yeah, thank you everyone for, for listening today. And yeah, thanks again, Niall. Thank you, JB.